Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And welcome to episode three, series two, Blue Murder Club. Hello, Lauren. Hello, guys. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. Enjoying the sunshine still. It's been the hottest year ever. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, personally, I'm loving it. Yeah. Jumping in the pool every day after work. Nothing bad about that. Yeah, love it. I could I could literally live in this climate all the time. Oh, don't. I don't know. I could do 20s maybe all the time. But mm. when it reaches the 30s slash 40s. Too, yeah, yeah. A bit too much for you. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm loving it. Um, yeah, so here we are. Series uh, 2, episode 3. Yeah. This week we're covering the... Zodiac. Zodiac. Zodiac killer. Yeah. Um... We picked this one, didn't we? There's quite yeah. a lot of um, drama around it, isn't there? There is, and we oh. liked it, didn't we? Thinking we were going to get, we were going to basically find out who the Zodiac Killer is. I'm not going to yes, lie. It's true. We were after a mystery, weren't we? So I think yeah. that's why we. This is one of the biggest mysteries in yeah. the crime world, isn't it? I think this to the USA is uh, to us Jack the Ripper. That's what I think. We noticed a lot of parallels, didn't yeah. we, between the two cases while we, yeah. were, we were researching it. Because we solved that one, I just assumed <laughs> we'd solve this one. But how clinical was it, guys? This it is was... a much tougher nut yeah. to crack, I yeah. think. Yeah, we just, we found when researching, like, it was just so black and white, there was no... There didn't seem to be much of a human element no, to it. No, definitely not, and that's disheartening so i think that's what we're mm-hmm. going to try and do just make the people real the story a bit more real yeah because it as much as the shock values there and mm. it is very shocking yeah it was you couldn't really i know it sounds wicked but feel for anyone because mm. it was so clinical you know yeah definitely i i thought that when i was trying to research some of the victims because obviously the zodiac killer has never been identified yeah. we usually you would do a deep dive on yeah. the um on the perpetrator mm-hmm. of crime, wouldn't you? But because we don't know who he is, we was a- able to do that. So yep. we decided we'll we'll really deep go deep on the victims mm. and, and see what their lives were like and that kind of thing. Yeah, and there wasn't really uh, very much. No, um, I even so, tried looking at someone. You know, when they profile it, so to see what could have called someone to do it, and there yeah. was there was just nothing really there. Mm. Yeah, it's true. So it was it was quite a clinical. 
I think a lot of a lot of the focus on this case is on the cipher, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And um, he famously wrote to the police and to the newspapers, mm-hmm. didn't he? Bragging about his crimes, and then yeah. he enclosed a few ciphers. Yeah. Um, that part of it intrigues me because, again, I was looking and looking and trying to find when we were trying to because um, at the end we decided to sort of see who we think did it, mm-hmm. and I was thinking the a person who devises a cipher that complicated surely that would show wouldn't it yeah wouldn't, that's wouldn't, what I wouldn't it be a big part of their life yeah you'd be like oh yeah he's always working on puzzles yeah um or yeah he's a mathematician or mm-hmm. do you know what i mean and i just couldn't find anything no. like that it was really quite a i found it a bit frustrating to be honest but I've done my best to try and make it as entertaining for you as, <laughs> as I can. So <laughs> we can only but try. Case. We can but try. We can but try. We, we are tryers, aren't we? We are. I'm very trying. <laughs> <laughs> so this case takes us over to the USA, isn't it? California. Yeah. Yep. Your favourite crime capital, central serial so, killer, central, every isn't it? Time we've been speaking this past week or two. Yeah. It's always been someone from California. California. <laughs> it's always been, yeah. yeah so Usually um, in the 60s or the 70s yeah, as well. Yeah, as well. Let's go to Cali, listen. <laughs> I think that's what it's telling us. Yeah, we'll pop over there, we'll solve all the crimes yeah. and then we'll come back in time for Sunday to Job record done. it. Yeah, yeah do done. it. So yeah, California, 1969. Again, well, the first one is, is right at the end of 1968, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's but Christmas. Again, we was, thinking, we was talking about this the other day on the phone, weren't we? We mm-hmm. were saying... Is he more, I know he's classed as a serial killer, but because his crimes were such a, a short amount, period of time, yeah. he's almost like a spree killer yeah. in a way. Yeah. So, um, but, but obviously we don't know who the fella is. He could have carried on and just changed his MO and yeah. made, none the wiser. But but yeah, it's a, it's a, it is a very deep, very involved case. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will do our best to pick, yeah. pick out the interesting bits for you all. We hope. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
So I'm going to take you on the first victims. Um, he mm. was at Lake Herman Road, and um, there was two victims here: Betty Lou Jensen and um, sorry, I'm just trying to find David Faday. Yeah. So this was Betty first uh, Betty Lou's first ever date. She was 16 years old. Oh, love her. 16. Yeah. Oh, my God. I've got a 16-year-old. Oh, exactly. She was a very popular about. girl and a talented artist and caught the eye of um, another student, David Faday. He was an all-American teen and a Boy Scout. So Betty Lou was asked out by another boy, which made David more keen. So she's, um, yeah, so he's thought, no, I've got to date this girl. Mm. She's being asked out. So um, so he asked her out to this Christmas concert from the school. And then she's agreed. So he's gone to pick her up and he's told her parents that he'll have her own by 11 o'clock. And Betty Lou and David discussed with friends to go together or go to the Christmas party together. But after waiting at the friend's house for some time, they went, just the two of them, on to Lake Herman Road. Which was like a lover's lane. Yes, it was. Um so um, a little make-out point. Just imagine though, if that guy had arrived a bit earlier, they would have gone to the Christmas party, the four mm. of them, as oh, a foursome. That's true. Because the guy hasn't, mm. they've just decided, oh, should we just go to this lover's lane yeah. instead? Slope off. Yeah. So it's like that butterfly effect, isn't it? Mm. So they've gone to like Herman Road to a turnout there, which is known as a lover's lane. So it was visited by couples looking for a bit of privacy <laughs> and they've arrived there at 10 15 p.m at night mm-hmm. so bear in mind they've only got 45 minutes to get betty lou home <laughs> they had no intention of being home by 11 did they nah. <laughs> well that's what we can only assume yeah so they parked davy's rambular station wagon which took oh and then Times and events take a turn for the worst. Sorry, mm-hmm. I've written that completely wrong and I couldn't even <laughs> decipher my own writing now. <laughs> oh, so, they were victims of a very violent attack. They see a stranger coming up and he shoots two warning shots in the car. The Rambler's door was open, a bullet was in the roof and the back window and ten shell casings were found in and around the car. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of overkill, I think. And yeah. why shoot two warning shots? He wants to scare the kids. That's my belief. Mm. Because they've then tried to flee as he shot these two shots. Yeah. So if he was intention was to kill someone and not scare them, he wouldn't have done them two first shots, I'd believe. So, um, yeah, so David's body was found behind the back wheel of the passenger side of the car. So he's, they've both fled or tried to flee. And he's found just beside the back wheel of the car on the passenger side. He'd been shot in the head. The bullet and the bullet entered his brain. He was barely breathing when he was found and he died on the way to the hospital. Hmm. And then Betty Lou was found dead further away. So she, um, she was trying to flee. She got a bit further than David. So I think David was shot first and then the killers turned his attention on Betty Lou. And then she was shot um, five times in the back. An hour later, Estella Burgess finds the crime scene. She alerts the police who arrive at 11.28. So that's an hour and Mm. a bit. Yeah. 
after this has happened. So Stella only saw the victim's car in the park car park and the police discovered another couple. Have you read this bit? Oh, do you know this? No. This is quite freaky. So when investigating, they've discovered that another couple, a, a couple, sorry, a William Crow and his girlfriend was parked in exactly the same place at 9pm. Mm. In the same car park, the same place. And William says about 10 she noticed a car coming towards them, which he noticed reversed and then headed straight towards them, like that he was scoping them out. And he didn't like it. He said he felt something was really uneasy, like it's really off. He felt uneasy, so he made the decision to leave. Mm. And he sped out of the car park, and as he's gone, the car started to follow him and tra- trace him. Oh, right. Yeah. So he's followed him all the way to the freeway, but just before going onto the for- freeway, he takes a swift turn left mm-hmm. just before, and he manages to lose the car. Yeah. Um, and the car's been described at the minute as a blue Valiant, but William said, no, I didn't say that. I didn't call it that. I'm definitely certain it was a light-coloured Chevy. Mm-hmm. So that's their first indication that it was the same kind of guy they've mm. got a kind of idea who or what vehicle this guy's driving mm. but that's a bit strange isn't it if william didn't feel that uneasy they could have been the victims yeah thank god he drove off when he did yeah, yeah because yeah. if they'd have just sat there like the other couple they would have just been sitting ducks i yeah. suppose yeah but that, that just to me i just thought they had thank god as you say that mm. they listened to their intuition yeah um and sped off but why chase them yeah that's a bit strange but the, as we go through this case his mo changes so constantly, much constantly yeah, yeah it's yeah. not like he has a set way of going about it it changes every time really yeah, yeah. um so yes right thanks Lauren. so now that brings us up to the second known zodiac mm-hmm. um crime yeah so obviously there was quite again there's five actual zodiac yep. murder victims seven victims because two of them survived mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a lot, there's also quite, there's probably a few before and a few after, which yeah. are open to interpretation, but yeah. officially we're covering those ones, aren't we? Yeah, I read somewhere as well, something like 37. Yeah, he claimed to have thir- 37. 37, yeah. yeah. But who knows? Who knows, yeah, yeah exactly. It's really, it's really tricky, this one, there's so yeah. much speculation about it. Definitely. So yeah, I'm going to pick up the 1st of August 1960. No, oh, sorry, I beg your pardon. The 4th of July. Yeah. So it's a 4th of July celebration. Independence Day. Yeah, 1969. And um, so this brings us up to a man, a young man called Michael Renault Magot. Cool name, eh? No, oh, no. French, it? He does. Uh, he was 19 and he was picked up by his girlfriend, Darlene. Well, I don't know if she was actually his girlfriend. So Darlene Elizabeth Ferrin, who's aged 22. This took place at uh, Blue Rock Springs in... Vallejo, mm-hmm. California. Um, now, I've looked up a little bit about Darlene. Yep. So, she's a bit of a girl. I quite like the sound of her. Really? Um, nice. Yeah. So, she was actually married mm-hmm. to a man called Dean. Yeah. And she worked as a waitress. And um, well, she worked looking as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> I wish she did. <laughs> so, <was> inappropriate. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, she's gone out with uh, with her young Beau, Michael, mm-hmm. a bit on the side by the sounds of it. <clears throat> and, yeah, so like I say, she worked as a waitress. And um, 
they went on a date to she picked me up they were going to go to this uh, like drive-in sort of like restaurant mm-hmm. they got there decided for whatever reason not to stay just to go to again a nice quiet lovers lane yeah. kind of place this um this blue rock springs right so they go there and they they park and it sounds like a pretty similar story to um betty lou and david Faraday. Oh. to be honest they're sitting there they're parking they're just chatting and um, so they oh, they were going to go to um, Mr. Ed's diner, but they mm-hmm. decided to go to park instead. Right. Darlene pulled her car in the car parking lot at Blue Rock Springs Park, and the two were talking when a vehicle pulled into the parking lot. Mm-hmm. The occupants laughed and set off fireworks in celebration of Independence Day before driving away. Soon after, another car pulled into the parking lot and stopped behind Darlene's car. Right. The driver waited for a moment and then drove off. <clears throat> minutes later the car returned and parked now I think at the point where the car parked behind them and then drove off mm-hmm. Darlene said something to Michael which indicated she thought she knew who was in the car mm-hmm. she said something along the lines of oh don't worry about it right. it was something like that just an odd little comment which would make you think oh it's just it's just Bill or it's yeah. just Fred yeah. don't worry about it she, ignore it, it felt a yeah. bit like she knew who they were because she didn't seem threatened at all oh okay by this strange behaviour whereas you were saying in your case mm-hmm. the, the couple before felt threatened by yeah. someone behaving like that yeah. so they drove off these couple haven't even though they've been sort of like seems a bit like they've Stalky. been spied on and yeah. stalked yeah. she's like oh don't worry about it wow so um, so soon after another um, sorry beg your pardon that's <laughs> okay um, the the driver waited for a moment. So the cars come back in the parking lot and stopped behind Darlene's car. The driver's waited for a moment and then um, he has stepped out, held a bright light as he approached the puzzled occupants of the car. Okay. Mike and Darlene at that point thought it was a cop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so they have a torch, don't yeah. they, cops, when they come up and yeah. like look through a vehicle. Where it's like, yeah, okay. Precisely. So they're just thinking, oh, it's just a policeman point. Yeah. going to tell us to move on. The stranger walked to the passenger side of the car, pointed a gun at the occupants of the car. The gunman fired several shots, hitting Mike and Darlene. He then turned and began walking back into oh, the, no. his car. Right. At that point, Mike has cried out in pain. The gunman's walked back oh. and fired several more shots into the already wounded victims. Then he'd climb back into his car and he'd drive away. Later on, he used the payphone just a few blocks away from va- from the Valley Ho Police Department and called the station. Yeah. Uh, the police dispatcher there, Nancy Slover, answered the answered the call, and she said the caller spoke in a low, monotone voice as if he were reading from a prepared script. This is what he said: "I want to report a murder. If you will go one mile east on Columbus Parkway, you will find kids in a brown car." They were shot with a 9mm Luger. I also killed those kids last year. Goodbye. Oh, no. So I think that's where they get the link from between your case and yes. this one. Yes, yeah. Um, so investigators from Valley Ho and Benicia realised they were searching for the same killer and the bold, sinister phone call raised fears that the gunman would strike again. Oh. Um, according to Nancy Slover, the operator, mm-hmm. the voice of the man uh, indicated he was a, at least 30 years or maybe a bit older. See, sorry to interrupt, Carol. How on earth? I am dog shit at knowing certain ages of looking at people and hearing people. But how on earth do you know an age of a person by listening to them on the phone? I thought that because when I listen back to us on this podcast, I sound like I'm about 16. Yeah. But yeah. I'm not. But no, but you look 16 as well, Cass. Oh, I love you. <laughs> 
but you can't tell how old someone no. is by their voice. Not at all. Unless, not at all. Unless in the 60s you could. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, not at all. I, I don't yeah. understand that. I just that. thought that's not a credible witness no. statement. Oh, he sounded like he was he over sound, 30. So what does an under 30-year-old exactly. sound like? They sound like an over 30-year-old. I know. It was a very strange thing to say. Yeah, sorry. No, I agree, because I thought that as well. That's definitely crossed my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, uh, let me see. That's me interrupting. So, so they, no, 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 it's fine. So, um, my, um, what's his name? Sorry. Yeah, Mike. Mike. He survives. Oh. So the emergency services get to him. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's too late for Darlene. She oh, dies in her wounds. But Mike does survive. Oh. Um, he he um, survives. He he um, had wounds to his leg, neck and jaw. So I dread to think what his face looked like. Oh, God love him. Um, yeah, but Darlene, she was shot nine times. And she was killed oh. from her wounds. Um, and he, Mike, who's a labourer, by the way, 19 years old. Okay. He was, a, he was a labourer. He was shot four times. Okay. So, but yeah, he did survive and he was able to give a description mm-hmm. of their attacker. Right. And, and of the car, which he described as a light brown Ford Mustang or Chevrolet. Now, did you say Chevrolet? I can't Chevy. Remember. Chevy, yeah, yeah. So that's it, yeah. So it sounds like the, the Fed has got the same car. He hasn't changed yeah. the car since the so other time. That was the couple that ran. He he said a light coloured Chevy. He did, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, sounds like the same. They're tying that. Obviously, they yeah. would have tied that up as well. So yeah, he described their attacker as a white man, uh, around about five eight, five nine, late twenties to early thirties. <laughs> so maybe, uh, maybe the call operator was white. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he was stocky, had a round face and brown hair. Um, I think they say he was around about two hundred pounds, but to be honest, I'm, I don't really get pounds. No, I don't English, get it. We do stones. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe that's about twelve stone or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. But if he's stocky, probably, and at that height, yeah, about twelve stone or something. Yeah, like he's a large build, isn't he? Yeah, that's what everyone says. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So first of all, the police immediately think that it's Darlene's husband. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's called Dean. Um, but he's got a solid alibi. He was working at, he also worked at a restaurant, Caesar's restaurant. So okay. He had like multiple witnesses to yeah. say that he definitely could not have done it. Wow. And then also, Darlene, even though she's only 22, she had an ex-husband. What? <laughs> yeah, I love her. She sounds like Good a girl. girl. Yeah. So she had an ex-husband called James Phillips Crabtree and they also ruled him out. Ah. So both her husbands were in the frame at first because obviously you would, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. Like, oh, she's mucking, she's playing around. The husband's gone yeah. crazy. Uh, it's a revenge yeah. killing. But no, both of both her current husband and her ex-husband. Do you think she divorced her first husband for having a surname Crabtree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe she maybe she put yeah. her in. But I'm just thinking, like maybe. Um, Maybe Mike was going to be husband number three. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. Love him. <laughs> 22, what a girl. I oh, know. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, there we are. So <sighs> that brings us up to um, the next the next crime, which I think you looked at. So I've got September 27th, 1969. Mm, this is a nasty one. I watched yeah. that film. Have you seen the film Zodiac? No, I haven't. Oh, you've watched it? I started watching it last week. Again, it gets so dry yeah. halfway through. I couldn't finish it, but... The crime's all at the beginning of the mm. film. So, oh, okay. And it's very, um, by all the everything I've read and all the podcasts I've listened to, mm-hmm. they stay very true to it. It's oh, not, okay. It's not Holly, 
like all Hollywood yeah, yeah. or anything like that. Dramatised. Yeah, everything seems exactly the same. Wow. And this particular scene, even if you don't watch the film, you should watch this scene because it's, yeah. it's chilling. It's oh. really, um, it's a really like, powerful scene. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're at the third victim, like the third... Not victims, the third crime. Yeah, the, basically. The so absolute yeah. zodiac crime. Yeah, so we're on to it's September twenty seventh, nineteen sixty nine. Cecilia Shepherd and Brian Hartnell um have been together a little while and they're relaxing on a blanket on a very remote part by the lake. Uh, and it's right at the shoreline of Lake I wanna say Beresea. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? In Napa. Cecilia noticed the strange man wearing an unusual clothing and he was holding a gun. Um, And she described, or he described him as being of a heavy build and tall. So that concludes with what you're saying, you know. He's of a heavy build and Mm. he's tall. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say 5'8 is tall though. Maybe it was in the 60s. (laughs) (laughs) Should we just put everything down to the 60s? Yeah, it was acceptable in the 60s. Yeah, definitely. So, the man claimed to be a prison escapee and needed money and a car to flee to Mexico. So, what the, um, Brian did, he offered his keys and his wallet to the mm. guy yeah, just to just get him away. Me. Yeah, mm. take me stuff and leave. So, we, he's obviously having that intuition that we keep talking about. Mm. Just get him gone. Don't want him near us. He's giving me the creeps. So, he'd definitely give me the creeps if someone walks up to you with a gun, yeah. you know. But so after a little conversation, he starts to get a bit of um, bit aggressive with the couple, and he ties them up with plastic clothesline. Oh. So we, it's quite common here. I Washing think. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Quite, it's very strong, isn't it? Yeah. And he begins to stab them. So this, while they're tied up. While they're tied up. So Brian was attacked first. He was stabbed six times in the back. Oh my god. And it was described that the knife had a wooden uh, handle. Mm. And then he turned his attention on to Cecilia, who was stabbed ten times in total, five times in the front and five times in the back. Oh, lover. I know. And after a while, a fisherman heard... So the guys walked off after he thought, I've killed them, let's go. So after a while, a fisherman heard screaming and alerted the park rangers. And while the couple were laying there... They've managed to untie themselves mm. from these ties, yeah. which I thought was a feat in itself. Imagine having that many stab wounds mm. and getting yeah. out of these ties. Yeah, it's m- madness. So it took nearly an hour for an ambulance to arrive. Mm. By then, the couple were in crucial crucial condition. And just after like, the police have arrived, the ambulance has arrived, the police receive a phone call from a man claiming responsibility for the attack. And the call was traced to a phone near the scene, um, down in, in downtown Napa. So, and fingerprints, so this is the first lot of fingerprints, and they recovered from the scene. And they also find a message written on the car. And on this message, it had the dates of all the other attacks and was signed with a cross circle, the symbol now being famous as the Zodiac. Mm-hmm. They also found, this is quite interesting to me, size 10 and a half windwalker shoes. And these windwalker shoes you could only get if you was in the military. Oh, okay. They wasn't something that me and you could just go and buy. Mm-hmm. 
So I thought that was quite interesting. So that's some sort of clue, mm. I would say. Yeah. Unless he knows someone that's in the military and he's been given these shoes. Yeah, because you can get army surplus shops where they just sell yeah, stuff. But, but in the 60s, could you? <laughs> well, it's Vietnam, innit? Everyone's in the war. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, there was tyre tracks that showed the man parked behind the victim's car. Same as the other two oh, really? ones we've just... Yeah, so the tyre tracks are parked behind, so it's same sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So, he's obviously stalked them, thinking they may be in the car, but they obviously wasn't. Yeah. So, he's had to get out of the car and go and stalk them by the shoreline. Um, so, Brian survived, thank God. But poor um, Cecilia didn't she died within 24 uh, 48 hours after the attack mm. so this is an interesting thing so the police thought that this um attack was done by ted bundy oh really because he was starting to be active in the area around this time yeah so they was yeah. certain and the only thing that ruled him out was the fingerprints found on the phone oh okay yeah so um and yeah it's a public pay phone yeah so yeah who's to say how, how exactly reliable. And there was a lot, a lot of um, fingerprints. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Hi, thanks, Lawrence. That brings us up to the 11th of October, 1969. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an evening, and this is in San Francisco, California. Mm-hmm. This is a weird one because up until now, Zodiac has just seems to be targeting couples. Lovers line, yeah. Yeah, just, you know, young, yeah. young couples who are in love and just, you know, hanging out. This is an odd one because he's just a taxi driver. <laughs> Why? Yeah. 
So the Zodiac's next attack occurred in an upscale neighbourhood in San Francisco known as Presidio Heights. Right. And um, the victim was a 29-year-old cabbie called Paul Stein. Mm-hmm. He picked the Zodiac up and was directed to the intersection of Washington and Maple Streets. Um, however, the cab was later found parked one block further west at Washington and Cherry Streets. Mm-hmm. Paul Stein's, I think it's Stein or Stein's, a lifeless body was discovered inside the cab, dead from a gunshot wound to the head. Fingerprints found inside the cab and on its exterior were photographed and collected. On the driver's side of the vehicle, police found fingerprints which appeared to contain traces of blood. And investigators believe these fingerprints to have been left by the killer. Now, there were three young witnesses who watched the crime mm-hmm. from just on the, on the corner block from mm-hmm. over the way. I think they're the ones who called, they, called, they did, they contacted the police. Mm-hmm. And they saw the killer once he'd shot Paul right. Stein he ripped off a piece of the shirt and started to use it to wipe down the surfaces of the cab and to oh, mop up blood yeah so um, so yeah that was that um, at first the San Francisco police believed that he was just a victim of a routine robbery mm-hmm. until the Zodiac began to send scraps of Stein's blood soaked shirt to prove that they were mistaken um, he sent he sent um, a letter containing a scrap of the shirt and the, um and in this letter he carries out the threat um the following threat school children make nice targets i think i shall wipe out a school bus some morning just shoot out the front tire and pick off the kiddies as they come bouncing out oh. so <laughs> awesome. for a little while the patrol cars and aircraft followed buses to and from schools and armed officers rode on board for added protection my god um, the three young witnesses who had mm-hmm. witnessed it, they produced a composite sketch of the man scene yep. in the cab. So they must yep. have got, even though it was night time, this happened at five to ten at night. Mm-hmm. He, they managed to get a decent look at him. Again, it's a similar kind of thing. So the description was a white adult male in his early 40s. So that mm-hmm. puts another 10 years on him. Yep. But maybe he's just got one of them faces. Because when you look at the composite sketch, he's mm-hmm. got... Um, they, they make quite a big deal about the lines on his forehead. Because he's got a scar on his forehead. They think it's a scar. Mm-hmm. It could just be worry lines. Mm-hmm. So obviously you'd expect that in an older person. Mm-hmm. But it could be scars, which mm-hmm. makes him look older. It's, it's hard to tell because yep. we don't know who he is. And but. to be fair, the last time it said 30-year-old, it was hearing his voice, not actually seeing him. Yeah. Although um, Brian saw him, didn't yes. he? And he, yes. he, um, gave, he gave yeah. that, that statement as well. So did Mike. Yeah. Yeah. So it's very around... Ten years is quite a big difference, really, isn't it? But then you know these youngsters—they're young. First Mm -hmm. of all, I think they were kids, and it was dark, and Mm -hmm. it was from across the way. Yeah. Whereas the two, obviously, they were men. Yeah. Especially, um, was it Brian, the Mm -hmm. one by the lake? I mean, that was in broad daylight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he had a full-on conversation with him, so I should imagine he got a really decent look at him and a good description compared to youngsters across the road on in a dark night. But yeah, so they described him in his early forties, five eight, heavy build. Reddish blonde crew cut hair, wearing eyeglasses, dark mm-hmm. brown trousers, uh, parka jacket, dark shoes. Why has his MO changed all of a sudden? It doesn't make sense, does it's it? It's really strange. But the trouble is the police fucked up a little bit here because they put out on the radio, they were looking for, for some reason, from that description, they've sent out a, a um, description of a black man. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, so the police that are patrolling <laughs> and looking around for yeah. Zodiac. Mm-hmm. Initially looking for a black man. Now there is a patrol car. Mm-hmm. They see a bloke walking along, literally just casually strolling along, fitting this exact description. But because they've been told to look for a black man, they just drove past okay. him, didn't bother stopping him. So 
that everyone seems to think that if they had given out the oh. correct description, mm-hmm. they would have pulled him over and they may even have managed to apprehend him. How annoying. So they've literally yeah. had him in the palm of their hands. Yeah. Oh, how annoying. Yeah. So the police officers um, that saw him, the SFPD of San mm-hmm. Francisco Police Department, Eric Zelms and Donald Falk, mm-hmm. <laughs> were uh, responding to the call. Now they said, this is their description, um, a white male, 35 to 45 years, 5, t- five foot 10, 180 to 200 pounds, medium, heavy, build, barrel chested. It's always the same, isn't yeah, it? Wearing same. glasses, yeah. crew cut hair. So it does absolutely sounds like that. They did drive yeah. past him and they didn't pick him up because he was the wrong colour. You must be forking me. <laughs> Sorry. I love it. <laughs> yeah, though, oh, again, someone said 5'8 and they were 5'10. Yeah, but he said, yeah, about 5'10. Yeah. Yeah, so it's only a couple of inches, yeah. it, I suppose. It's not massively different. No. But, um, so, yeah. So, anyway, just to sort of flesh it out a little bit, I wanted to find a little bit of, about because all I could find at first was um, was that Paul Stein was just a 29 year old cabbie. And I'm thinking, yeah. come on, he's 29. Yeah. He must have. Uh, he's lived a life. There must he must be have stuff. lived a little. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I found um, there was some there was some really cool stuff actually. His brother. Oh. So his brother Joe Stein. Um, he it's this is a newspaper clipping that I found from the 23rd of October 69 mm-hmm. and it says dare by brother of slain man so here we go this is really cool the brother of taxi cab driver slain by mm-hmm. Zodiac offered himself yesterday as a living target in an attempt to draw no. the killer into the open yeah how cool is this <gasps> he shot put he shot Paul I think that should say now I just want to get the man before he kills again Joe Stein um, he's a mechanic and brother of slain San Francisco cab driver Paul Stein spoke yesterday in a voice remarkably free of bitterness as he challenged Zodiac to seek him out wow uh, Zodiac has to be sick a maniac Stein said I hope that by offering myself as a target I can bring him out yeah um, uh, it says here to flush out Zodiac Stein announces his daily movements <laughs> so he says I work at the Richfield service station at six, uh, 706 Sutter Street in Modesto, near Ralph Street. Mm. I start at 7am. I go to lunch at the Walking Chicken <laughs> in a shopping centre two blocks away, riding wow. a bicycle along Sutter Street and leaving the station at noon each day. I go back to the service station and work until five. Let him come and get me. <laughs> How good is that? Wow. Stein, a bachelor who lives with his 58-year-old mother, is five foot seven inches tall and weighs 165 pounds. I'm in excellent shape, he said. I'm tough enough to handle Zodiac this if I can get my hands on good him. boy. I don't carry any weapons. I don't feel I need any. Oh, I can love it. Yeah. But then it does give a little bit of background about um, Paul. So it says yeah. his brother Paul was working as a taxi driver while studying at San Francisco State College for his doctorate in English. Oh, So there love we are. So him. he was driving a cab to put himself through school oh, to get his doctorate. Man. Yeah. Um, how good is that? Um, he said, his, his brother said he would have completed his postgraduate work in January. He wanted oh. to be a professor. Oh, love him. Um, yeah. So I finally found something. Yeah, uh, he I was like married it. as well. Paul Stein, the cabbie, uh, he was also married. So he left a wife behind him as oh. well. I don't think he had children. Um, so, yeah. So well we done. Are. I think you deserve a massive pack on the back for that. Thank you. I just, re- I just really wanted to find, I just wanted to flesh him out a little bit. Yeah. Because at first, all you could just find about all of these victims is that their age. And that what happened. When they died. Yeah. And that's it, really. Yeah. And I just wanted to flesh it out a bit. Yeah, like we said before, it, it feels like quite a clinical case. It does so to, to humanise it a little bit. Yeah, but it made me happy. And oh, good. Yeah, made it more of an enjoyable 
sort of uh, research. Yeah, definitely. Kind of thing. So obviously that's the, the FBI categorically say that those, what is it, four crimes yeah. are definitely Zodiac. Yeah. There are a number of crimes earlier on before 1968 yeah. and a number of crimes going into the 70s yeah. that the Zodiac claimed to have done. Mm-hmm. Um, and that brings us up to what he's most famous for, which is his correspondence with yeah. the police and the news. Yeah, this the is how people. everyone knows him. This is how he got his mm. name, isn't it? It is. Yeah, exactly. So, if we go back to um, the killing of Darlene and Mike. Yeah. 26 days after that shooting, mm-hmm. three envelope- envelopes arrived at the offices of three Bay Area newspapers. Mm-hmm. There was a letter to the San Francisco Examiner, the San Francisco Chronicle, and the Vallejo Times Chronicle. Right. They were almost identical letters, and accompanied by these letters mm-hmm. were three parts to a cipher mm-hmm. or a code. Yep. Um, they were signed with a circle with a cross going through it, so a bit like um, the like the sight on a gun. Yes. And that would become synonymous with the, this case. Yeah. So that is the um, that is the logo of Zodiac watches. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times when you read about suspects and things like that, they'll say, "Oh, he had a Zodiac watch." Yes. Yes. Like, You've seen. I've seen that pop up, yeah. haven't you? And, and that kind of thing. Yeah. So um, so yeah, it was a three part cipher, and in the letter he said that if they could, if someone could crack the cipher, it would reveal who his name. Right. Anyway, so all three newspapers they publish this cipher, mm-hmm. and within probably within a week, a pair of teachers, Donald and Betty Harden, they um, they decipher the code. Well done. Yeah. Did they get a medal? <laughs> I don't think so. I think they just did it for fun. Oh, I love yeah. them. Yeah, it seems like they they appear in the film as well, and they just seem like they like crossword addicts. They just oh, like that sort of thing. Brilliant. And they're like, come on, honey, let's give it a go. So um, yeah, so they. They um, cracked the code, deciphered mm-hmm. it. And it said something like, he's killing for fun and he's killing to get slaves for the afterlife. Yeah, weirder. Whack job. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so I thought as well, because we quite like these sort of wordplay things, I looked up the meaning of the word cipher. Mm-hmm. So cipher in the... Um, what do you, you call it? Oxford English Dictionary is a secret or disguised way of writing... Or a code. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word cipher comes from the French word cif. Oh. Right. And I thought I'd tell you this because I thought you were going to like lose be my really shit. happy about it. Okay. Yeah. So when we did the James Bond um, Casino Royale yeah. secret cinema, the baddie in it is <gasps> the chief. Yes. And the reason for that is because he was captured. He was he turned up in the war and lost his memory. So they called him the chief because. If you dig down further into the basis of this word, it comes from the Arabic word cipher, oh. which means zero. So this man didn't know who he was. So wow. he was basically patient zero. No one knew who he was. He was nothing. That's so cool. Slash enigma slash <gasps> code. So yeah, Le Chief. He's my best friend as well. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, Le Chief. That's um, amazing. I love yeah, it. that's where it comes from. Le yeah. Chief is Le Cipher. Well done, guys. That's yeah. amazing. So I thought that's cool. That is awesome. So, um... So yeah, so uh, also when we was um, obviously we were trying to figure out, not figure it? out, but we was trying to pick, wasn't we? Who we mm-hmm. thought, who we suspected, who no, we liked. We, we were it. solving the case. Listen, how we were solving the case? Yes, exactly. And I just thought, I mean, this fella he'd sent about 
three or four siphons. Yes. One of which weren't even decoded until 2001. Yeah. Um, now, surely this man must be some kind of mathematician or something uh-huh. like that. But I couldn't see in anything in any of the suspects no. that would indicate that. I'm excited because I'm thinking, have, do we have the same one? <laughs> God, I know you're gone for. Oh, do you know what? I've gone between a couple. Oh, you've done a Lauren. A little bit. See, I've been so good, and I thought after the last one with the five, I've gone <laughs> for one. Now I wish I'd have done five. <laughs> well, well, when um, Brian, mm-hmm. Brian um, Hartnell, mm-hmm. he was an eyewitness. Yep. And um, he, in ni- it weren't until 1991, but he was shown a picture of Arthur Lee Allen. Yeah. And he positively ID'd him. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I beg your pardon. It wasn't Brian. It was Mike. Right. Mike, the fellow who got yep. shot with Darlene. Darlene. Yeah. So he positively ID'd him. But he weren't shown the pictures until 91. That's a bit odd. So yeah. that's like, what is that, 22 years after yeah. the occasion? But I just thought, well, you that's can't get better than an eyewitness. No. Um, I'd, that's you know, a good one. Yeah. So I thought, yeah, him. But then I was reading and there was someone else... Who popped out? I can't think what his name was now. But then it's a bit like Jack the Ripper. Every time you read one, you're like, "Oh, he yeah, done it. definitely yeah. he done it." And then there's so many disprove, yeah. disproves. Who did you have? I had Gary Francis Post, uh, Post, Paste. Oh, that's it. that's the other one I had. I was reading yeah. about him last night. Yeah. So apparently, these code breakers recently, mm. I think they're called um, crime busters or something like that. Yeah, have decided this guy is the most likely to be mm. out of all of them. Uh, so, he was a US Air Force veteran. Oh, right. So that, with the air walker. Yeah, with the Straight shows. away. Because mm. that, you know how I obsess over certain details of the yeah. case? That air walker show made me obsessed because it was only, as I said to you, you could only be a vet to buy it or in the military. Mm. You couldn't just go out and buy it. So yeah. that was straight away... I'm looking for someone in the military. Um, he came from Cali and he died in 2018. But his daughter-in-law accused him of being the Zodiac. Because mm. apparently, oh, he tried to kill her uh, with a hammer. <laughs> yeah. And he, was a, he, um, and he really violently attacked his wife, who was at uh, 74 at the time. And broke her pelvis really, really badly. Just a nasty piece of work. Mm. Um, he resembles the what's the the picture? Mm. The um, oh yeah, the um, oh. So his early days. Sorry, the yeah. police sketch. He yeah. resembles it quite. So early pictures of him really resembles him quite closely. Yeah. Um. The letters of his name can be found in the letters mm. and the ciphers that he sent to the police. Yeah. Um, and he lived and was around the area at the time of all the killings. Yeah, so I just, I liked mm. him. I yeah. liked him. He sounds better than my one. Well, he was just that, you know what I'm like? Yeah. For just clutching at straws. <laughs> one <laughs> piece of evidence good one though that, yeah. that was good i mean the crime scene at the lake mm-hmm. with um the you know the couple that you covered yeah. there was quite a lot of clues there weren't there like yeah. you said there was a fingerprint there was the footprint tire tracks yeah 
He writ a cipher, didn't he, on the door? He did, yeah, exactly. There was quite a lot of clothes and stuff. Yeah, um, so yeah, I'm blaming him. It's him. <laughs> like, listen, we've solved it. Good night, mic drop. <laughs> shall, oh. shall we get to uh, six degrees? Let's go to our six degrees. How'd you get on this week? really enjoyed it. I did. I really enjoyed it. I've got some great celebrities. Oh, I'm very excited. I've got some good... Well, I, no, I haven't got some good. I think this is the quickest I've ever done it in. I see, I don't like doing it quick. I like to make a meal of it. I know. I don't like to whiz through because this is my favourite bit. <laughs> yeah. But no, I've literally... And again, I zoned in on one person... And literally looked it up and it, it was like <laughs> that. I've got one, one link between. Or well, that is going to be quick. Yeah, or I've got a three link between. So, well, go on then, off you go. What one do you want? Do you want me to make a meal of it? So I've got Adam Goldberg, and I picked him because I really love the Goldbergs, <laughs> the TV series. I don't know Adam Goldberg. Well, he was in the Zodiac film. Have you never watched Goldbergs? No. It's set in the eighties. Oh my god, it's my favourite. My husband calls me Beverly Goldberg because <laughs> I just like, you know, where I am over Mum's little Tom and yeah. So Adam he Goldberg. Yeah, I'm looking him up. It's okay. So he was in Stay Alive with a Wendell Pierce. Oh yeah, he's Eddie in Friends. Yes, Chandler's yes. Eddie roommate. Yeah, he is in Zodiac. Yeah, cause yeah. I watched that the other day. <clears throat> so he was in uh, Stay Alive with Wendell Pierce. And he was in Sleepers. And we all know Sleepers. And who's in Sleepers? Kevin Bacon. Kevin to the Bacon. <laughs> <clears throat> Do you want to hear my one one? Because I'm quite impressed that I've done it in one. <laughs> my aim for all this was to get just one link. <laughs> so I've got a Mark Ruffalo. Do you know him? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's in Zodiac. And he used to be a bit of a teen heartthrob in all uh, 13 going on 30, I think, and all that. Do you remember? Mm. Yeah. And he was in Into the Car with Kevin Bacon. But I'm <laughs> bummed. Yeah, I know. I could have done it in <coughs> one or two, but I just wanted to make it more fun. So. More meaty. Well, yeah, this is the best bit. So I've got... Um, so the Zodiac Killer famously mm-hmm. phoned up their celebrity lawyer, Melvin Belly. Oh, really? Yeah, live on television. Yes. And said, can you meet me? Yes, that's right, yeah. And all this sort of thing. He kept phoning him up and all sorts of stuff like that. And I think eventually the police traced the call and found out it was somebody funny from a lunatic asylum so oh, okay. it wasn't Zodiac anyway oh. but quite a while it was like all over the world oh over what the a show yeah, yeah Zodiac's phoning this Melvin Belly who's like a very famous uh, mm-hmm. lawyer and he represented so many famous people I was just like oh I'm just going to pick one yeah there was people like just loads of like famous actors and actresses from that sort of wow. era wow yeah I thought no like I say I wanted to make it good so he represented Jack Ruby um, Jack Ruby was the man who shot Lee Harvey Oswald. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, do you remember, like, you may have seen the footage, but Lee Harvey Oswald was getting moved. I think yes. he was going to court. Yeah. And it, it's a packed room, and all of a sudden, Jack Ruby just goes up to him and shoots wow. him. Wow. So, he represented Jack Ruby. Uh, obviously, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, assassinated JFK. Yep. Great connection. Yeah. I, quite I like, like that. I like yeah, I like that. It's not so obvious. No. It's like, they're more interesting routes. So... Um, obviously, that's a really good film, JFK, mm-hmm. made by Oliver Stone. Well, Oliver Stone, also in the 80s, made a film called Wall Street. Yeah. About um, Greed is Good. Do you, okay. do you know about that film? No, it's, I don't It was think really so. famous. It's got 
um, Charlie Sheen and Michael Douglas. Oh, okay. Are the stars of it, and it's all about the yuppies in the eighties. Oh, wow. Wall Street and just trading and all, yeah, that kind of thing. But the female lady in that is Daryl Hannah. Mm-hmm. Um, Daryl Hannah starred in, as a mermaid in Splash. Yeah. With Tom Hanks. Hey. Who we all love. Uh, Tom <coughs> Hanks starred in Apollo 13 with Kevin Bacon. Hey, well done. So, yeah, there we go. I like that. I'm well not sure done. how many steps that was, but I've got five lines, but there's probably a few more. Listen. <laughs> Well, you can tell how our brains work. I'm slap dash wham bam. Thank you, ma'am. And you are methodical. No, this is how it's it. I love it. I just like. I just like it. You're the yin to my yang. Yeah, yeah, love it. I'm a bit of a film fanatic. I know. I'm chaotic, and you're just easy breezy. Love it. So, love it. There we have it. That was the case of the zodiac. I hope you've enjoyed it. Yep. We enjoyed it in our own little way. Catch us on Patreon for a more in-depth of the letters. We're going to try and get her, mm. your sister on the case, aren't we? Yeah, we deliberately didn't want to bore you by just reading out all the letters and all the ciphers and stuff because literally every single thing you look mm-hmm. at is just a rehash of, here's what the letter yeah. said, here's yeah. what the ciphers said. Yeah. So we didn't want to bore you with that. Um, instead, what we've decided to do is a whole other separate episode yep. over on Patreon where mm-hmm. we're going to get Vicky to do a statement analysis on a couple of the letters, aren't we? And my God, she's good. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting. It will. She'll tell us if he's in his 30s or his 40s, hopefully. Yeah, <laughs> <Can> you imagine? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. So, um, yeah, head over there if you're interested in what the letters say and things like that. We weren't really, so we didn't bother covering it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, darling. Um, so, yeah, there we are. That was the case of the Zodiac. Yeah, thanks for listening. Thank you very much for listening. Take care. Bye. Bye.